Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good evening and welcome to the morning segment of the Friday, uh, December 29th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listening over there. Over 60 well-curated podcasts, wide, wide variety of topic areas all covered from a biblical worldview. My brothers and sisters in Christ doing some great work over there for the kingdom. I would highly encourage you to go on over there and take a look. I will guarantee you, you're going to find something over there you want to listen to, and there's a real good chance you're going to find more over there to listen to than you actually have time to listen to it in. All right. And I know that intro sounded funny. This is my second attempt to record today's episode. Again, I tried to record this morning and, uh, don't and, and please don't get if you saw on my social media where I posted about Audacity. I'm not complaining about it. I love Audacity. It's very, very flexible. I enjoy using it to record. But somehow or other, I hit something and it went and I thought it was asking me about editing um, something that I hadn't clicked, editing something in the feed um, that I just recorded. And what it was actually doing was asking me to close it out and it was asking whether it should save it. And I clicked no, thinking I was telling it, no, don't mess with the, the feed. And of course the, the, the stream disappeared. Um, and I tried for about 35, 40 minutes to recover it and there was no way to recover it. So needless to say, I got a little frustrated and I walked away from it, but, um, I've been feeling a little guilty all day. <laughs> and wanted to get really wanted to go ahead and do this episode. So we're recording it. Let's see. It's six o'clock my time, six, 6 PM my time recording this recording morning and evening segment. But I, but I still wanted to do it. I wanted to do the Bible reading and the Bible study. I wanted to wrap up John 16 this evening and, and us be done with John 16 and be finished with our Bible study for 2023 this evening. <clears throat> and then, like I said, we'll jump into John 17 on, uh, January 1, 2024, God willing. So let's go ahead and open up and we'll get right into our reading again. This is a double day worth of reading. So that was kind of the more frustrating part about losing the, the stream today. But let's go ahead and open up with the six day morning prayer. It's called the gospel. Let's pray. O thou most high creator of the ends of the earth, governor of the universe, judge of all men, head of the church, savior of sinners. Thy greatness is unsearchable, thy goodness infinite, thy compassions unfailing, thy providence boundless, thy mercies ever new. We bless thee for the words of salvation. How important, suitable, encouraging are the doctrines, promises, and invitations of the gospel of peace. We are lost, but in it thou hast presented to us a full, free, and eternal salvation. Weak, but here we learn that help is found in one that is mighty. Poor, but in him we discover unsearchable riches. Blind, but we find he has treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We thank thee for thy unspeakable gift. Thy Son is our only refuge, foundation, hope, confidence. We depend upon his death, 
rest in his righteousness, desire to bear his image. May his glory fill our minds, his love reign in our affections, his cross inflame us with ardor. Let us as Christians fill our various situations in life, escape the snares to which they expose us, discharge the duties that arise from our circumstances, enjoy with moderation their advantages, improve with diligence their usefulness, and may every place and company we are in be benefited by us. Amen. All right, and our devotion for this morning from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, uh, from First Samuel seven, First Samuel seven twelve. Sorry, having trouble talking there. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. The word hitherto seems like a hand pointing in the direction of the past. Twenty years or seventy, and yet hitherto the Lord hath helped. Through poverty, through wealth, through sickness, through health, at home, abroad, on the land, on the sea, in honor, in dishonor, in perplexity, in joy, in trial, in triumph, in prayer, in temptation. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. We delight to look down a long avenue of trees. It is delightful to gaze from end to end of the long vista, a sort of verdant temple with its branching pillars and its arches of leaves. Even so, look down the long aisles of your years, at the green boughs of mercy overhead, and the strong pillars of loving kindness and faithfulness which bear up your joys. Are there no birds in yonder branches singing? Surely there must be many, and they all sing of mercy received hitherto. But the word also points forward, for when a man gets up to a certain mark and writes hitherto, he is not yet at the end. There is still a distance to be traversed. More trials, more joys, more temptations, more triumphs, more prayers, more answers, more toils, more strength, more fights, more victories, and then comes sickness, old age, disease, death. Is it over now? No. There is more yet awakening in Jesus' likeness. Thrones, harps, songs, psalms, white raiment, the face of Jesus, the society of saints, the glory of God, the fullness of eternity, the infinity of bliss. O be of good courage, believer, and with grateful confidence raise thy Ebenezer, for he who hath helped thee hitherto will help thee all thy journey through. When read in heaven's light, how glorious and marvelous a prospect will thy hitherto unfold to thy grateful eye. All right. Okay, so our reading for today, sorry, I need to flop a, flop a tab here. So our reading for today, like I said, it's double reading. Uh, we're going to do Zechariah 12, 13, 14, Revelation 19 and 20, Psalm 147 and 148, and Proverbs 31, the first nine verses. So Zechariah 12. Now, again, this this is Zechariah is a prophet. So these are prophecies and a lot of them, uh, most of them are against Jerusalem. So, yeah, you can imagine how that's going to go. Zechariah 12, the oracle of the word of Yahweh concerning Israel. Thus declares Yahweh, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples, all around. Now the one in siege against Jerusalem will also be against Judah. But it will be in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone, for all the peoples, all who heave it up, will be severely injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. In that day, declares Yahweh, I will strike every horse with bewilderment, and his rider with madness. But I will open my eyes to watch over the house of Judah, while I strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, A strong support for us are the inhabitants of Jerusalem, through Yahweh of hosts, their God. In that day I will make the clans of Judah like a fiery laver among pieces of wood, and a fiery torch among sheaves, 
so they will consume on the right hand and on the left all the surrounding peoples, while Jerusalem will again be inhabited in its own place, in Jerusalem. Yahweh also will save the tents of Judah, first so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem will not be magnified above Judah. In that day Yahweh will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the one who stumbles among them in that day will be like David, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of Yahweh before them. And it will be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. In that day there will be great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning of Hadadrimon in the plain of Megiddo. And the land will mourn, each family alone, the family of the house of David alone, and their wives alone, the family of the house of Nathan alone, and their wives alone, the family of the house of Levi alone, and their wives alone, the family of the Shimeites alone, and their wives alone, <clears throat> all the families that remain, each family alone, and their wives alone. Zechariah 13. In that day a fountain will be opened for the house of David, and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for impurity. And it will be in that day, declares Yahweh of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they will no longer be remembered, and I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass away from the land. And it will be that if anyone still prophesies, then his father and mother who gave birth to him will say to him, You shall not live, for you have spoken falsely in the name of Yahweh. And his father and his mother who gave birth to him will pierce him through when he prophesies. And it will be in that day that the prophets will each be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies, and they will not put on the hairy mantle in order to deceive. But he will say, I am not a prophet, I am a cultivator of the ground, for a man sold me as a slave in my youth. And one will say to him, What are these wounds struck here between your arms? Then he will say, Those with which I was struck in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man, my associate, declares Yahweh of hosts. Strike the shepherd, that the sheep may be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones, and it will be in all the land, declares Yahweh, that two parts in it will be cut off, and the breath there, and breathe their last, sorry, but the third will be left in, and I will bring the third part through the fire, and refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say they are my people, and they will say, Yahweh is my God. Zechariah 14 Behold, a day is coming for Yahweh, when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. Indeed, I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women, ra the women ravished, and half of the city will go forth in exile. But those left of the people will not be cut off from the city. Then Yahweh will go forth and fight against those nations, as the day when he fights on a day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley, so that half of the mountain will move toward the north, and the other half toward the south. And you will flee by the valley of my mountain. My mountains, for the valley of the mountains will reach to Azel. Indeed, you will flee just as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then Yahweh my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. And it will be in that day that there will be no light. The luminaries will dwindle. And it will be a unique day which is known to Yahweh. 
neither day nor night, but it will be that at evening time there will be light. And it will be in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and the other half toward the western sea. It will be in summer as well as in winter. And Yahweh will be king over all the earth. In that day Yahweh will be the only one and his name one. All the land will be changed into a plain from into a plain from Jeba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem. But Jerusalem will rise and inhabit its site from Benjamin's gate, as far as the place of the first gate to the corner gate, and from the tower of Henanel to the king's wise press, wine presses. And people will inhabit it, and there will no longer be anything devoted to destruction, for Jerusalem will be inhabited in security. Now this will be the plague with which Yahweh will plague all the peoples who have gone to war against Jerusalem. Their flesh will not will rot while they stand on their feet, and their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongue will rot in their mouth. And it will be in that day that abundant confusion from Yahweh will fall on them, and they will take hold of one's, one another's hand, and the hand of one will go up against the hand of another. And Judah also will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations will be gathered, gold and silver and garments in great abundance. And in the same way the plague on the horse, the mule, the camel, the donkey, and all the cattle that will be in those camps will be like this plague. Then it will be that any who are left of all the nations that win against Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, Yahweh of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Booths. And it will be that whichever of the families of the earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Yahweh of hosts, there will be no rain on them. And if the family of Egypt does not go up or enter, then no rain will fall on them. It will be the plague with which Yahweh plagues the nations who do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Booths. This will be the punishment of Egypt, and the punishment of all the nations who do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Booths. In that day there will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, Holy to Yahweh, and the pots in the house of Yahweh will be like the bulls before the altar. And every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah will be holy to Yahweh of hosts. And all who sacrifice will come and take of them and boil in them. And there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of Yahweh of hosts in that day. Revelation 19 After these things I heard something like a loud voice of a great crowd in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, because his judgments are true and righteous, for he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her sexual immorality, and he has avenged the blood of his slaves, shed by her hand. And a second time they said, Hallelujah! Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped, and worshipped God who sits on the throne, saying, Amen! Hallelujah! And a voice came from the throne, saying, Give praise to our God, all you his slaves, you who fear him, the small and the great. Then I heard something like the voice of a great crowd, and like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad, and give the glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb, I'm sorry, for the marriage of the land has come, Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow slave with you and your brothers who have the witness of Jesus. Worship God, for the witness of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sits on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, having a name written on him, with no one, which no one knows except himself. And being clothed with a garment dipped in blood, his name is also called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the wrath of the rage of God the Almighty. And he has on his garment and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in mid-heaven, Come, assemble for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of commanders, and the flesh of strong men, and the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, and small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war with him who sits on the horse and with his army. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who did the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sits on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Revelation 20 Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the abyss, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss, and shut it, and sealed it over him, so that he would not deceive the nations any longer, until the thousand years were finished. After these things he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their witness of Jesus, and because of the word of God, and who also had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life, and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these the second death has no authority, but they will be priests of God and Christ, and will reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are finished, Satan will be released from his prison, and will come out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore, and they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sits upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. Then I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things which were written in the book according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Psalm 147 
Praise Yah, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is becoming. Yahweh builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He is the one who heals the brokenhearted and who binds up their wounds, who counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His discernment is infinite. Yahweh helps up the afflicted. He brings down the wicked to the ground. Sing to Yahweh with thanksgiving. Sing praises to our God on the lyre. He is the one who covers the heavens with clouds, the one who provides rain for the earth, the one who makes grass to sprout on the mountains, who gives to the animal its food and to the young raven which calls out. He does not delight in the might of the horse, nor he does not take, the pleasure, take pleasure in the legs of a man. Yahweh is pleased with those who fear him, those who wait for his loving kindness. Laud, Yahweh, O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthened the bars of your gates. He blessed your sons within you. He is the one who sets peace in your borders. He satisfies you with the finest of the wheat, the one who sends forth his commands to the earth. His words run very swiftly, the one who gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes, who casts forth his ice as fragments, who can stand before his cold. He sends forth his words and melts them. He causes his wind He causes his wind to, to blow, and so the waters flow, who declares his words to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not done so with any nation, so as for his judgments they have not known them. Praise Yah. Psalm 148 <clears throat> Praise Yah. Praise Yahweh from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, heaven of heavens. And the waters that are above the heavens, let them praise the name of Yahweh, for he commanded, and they were created. He caused them to stand forever and ever. He gave a statute, and it will never pass away. Praise Yahweh from the earth, sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind doing his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and winged bird, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both choice men as well as virgins, the old with the young. Let them praise the name of Yahweh, for his name alone is set on high. His splendor is above earth and heaven, and he has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his holy ones, for the sons of Israel, a people near to him. Praise Yah. And finally, Proverbs 31, 31 verses 1 through 9. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle unto which his mother disciplined him. What, O my son? And what, O son of my womb? And what, O son of my vows? Do not give your excellence to women, or your ways to that which blots out kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, or for rulers to desire strong drink, lest he drink and forget what is decreed, and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those whose soul is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and he will not remember his trouble any longer. Open your mouth for the mute, for the justice of all those passing away. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and render justice to the afflicted and needy. All right, well, that is our reading for the day. The second time we went through it, though the only time that we've got a, I hope, a saved stream. Um, thank you for spending this time with me. I continue to pray that, you know, this time together, that, that we together... Um, this helps to keep us saturated in the word of God as we need to be, as, as they used to talk about Bunyan being John Bunyan. 
But I hope you have yourself. I hope you have had yourself a wonderful day since this is evening. I hope you're looking forward to a great weekend. I hope you've got scheduled for yourself worship with the saints. If you do not do so, um, if you cannot um, physically do it, um, please feel free to join us. We will be broadcasting. We'll be live streaming, I should say, on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, we're Vale Valley Baptist Church. And on Twitter, we're at VVB Church. Uh, we start streaming at 1230 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us. Um, and let's see. Let's go ahead and close out with prayer. We're going to close out with one from Valley Vision called Contentment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, if I should suffer need and go unclothed and be in poverty, make my heart prize thy love. Know it, be constrained by it. Though I be denied all blessings, it is thy mercy to afflict and try me with wants. For by these trials I see my sins, and desire severance from them. Let me willingly accept misery, sorrows, temptations, if I can thereby feel sin as the greatest evil, and be delivered from it with gratitude to thee, acknowledging this as the highest testimony of thy love. When thy son Jesus came into my soul, instead of sin he became more dear to me than sin had formerly been. This kindly rule replaced sin's tyranny teaching me to believe that if ever I would have any sin subdued, I must not only labor to overcome it, but must invite Christ to abide in the place of it, and he must become to me more than vile lust had been, that his sweetness, power, life may be there. Thus I must seek a grace from him contrary to sin, but must not claim it apart from himself. When I am afraid of evils to come, comfort me by showing me that in myself I am a dying condemned wretch, but in Christ I am reconciled and live. That in myself I find insufficiency and no rest, but in Christ there is satisfaction and peace. That in myself I am feeble and unable to do good, but in Christ I have ability to do all things. Though now I have his graces in part, I shall shortly have them perfectly, in that state where thou wilt show thyself fully reconciled and alone sufficient, efficient, loving me completely, with sin abolished. O Lord, hasten that day. Amen. All right, again, I hope you've had a good day. Um, and we're going to turn around and record the evening segment. Have a good one. God bless. Welcome to the evening segment of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. Good evening and welcome to the evening segment of the Friday, December 29th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I continue to be Wayne Floyd, your host. Um, I got to let you know, I, I'll, I'll try not to be distracted. Actually, I don't know that I'll be that distracted. I've, I've got, <laughs> I'm in my office and I have a TV here and I've, I've got the Ohio State-Missouri game going um, because I don't, I didn't really get a chance to watch my game last night. Um, I, I'm a University of Arizona alumni. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not necessarily proud of the school in a general sense because I know how, what a liberal hotbed of sewage it has become. Um, but I was proud of my team. Uh, they went nine and three this year. They don't normally do that. Um, the last time they did that was back in the Dick Tomey years. And you can look that up. T-O-M-E-Y. Um, which was around the time I was going to school there. At least that's when Tommy started was when I was going to school there. Um, and they finally built into kind of a perennial contender. We never won a national championship or anything, but they were kind of a perennial contender for some of it. So, um, 
but we went nine and three, and then we won our bowl game last night. It was the Alamo Bowl uh, against Oklahoma. We were 14th; they were 12th in the top 25. Um, but we came from we went out to we we went out to a 13 to nothing lead, and then they scored in the second and third quarter um, to go ahead of us 24 to 13, and then we beat them 38 to 24. So again, I know you didn't didn't chime in here to listen to football, but Neil say I didn't get to watch mine because we were watching hockey instead, and my hockey team did win. Um, not the University of Arizona team. We we cheer for uh, the Charlotte or, or the Carolina Hurricanes. So, um, but anyways, I've got it over here. I doubt I'm going to be distracted by it. But what we do need to do is we need to get in and we need to wrap up our John 16 Bible study. So let's go ahead and let's open up with prayer so we can jump into this. This is this, we're going to wrap up John 16 and we'll open John 17 in 2024. So, um, and, and like I told you for these last couple of days, I've been picking the prayers very specifically. And, you know, we closed out the morning segment with contentment, even though I was recording it in the afternoon for the second time, but we're going to open up this evening segment with one called new year, um, which go figure why I chose this. So let's pray. O Lord, length of days does not profit me, except the days are passed in thy presence, in thy service to thy glory. Give me a grace that proceeds, follows, guides, sustains, sanctifies, aids every hour, that I may not be one moment apart from thee, but may rely on thy spirit to supply every thought, speak in every word, direct every step, prosper every work, build up every mote of faith, and give me a desire to show forth thy praise, testify thy love advance thy kingdom i launch my bark on the unknown waters of this year with thee o father at my harbor thee o son at my helm thee o holy spirit filling my sails guide me to heaven with my loins girt my lamp burning my ear open to thy calls my heart full of love my soul free Give me thy grace to sanctify me, thy comforts to cheer, thy wisdom to teach, thy right hand to guide, thy counsel to instruct, thy law to judge, thy presence to stabilize. May thy fear be my awe, thy triumphs my joy. Amen. All right. And our evening devotion for today, for uh, December 29th, uh, the text for it is from Matthew twenty-two forty-two. What think ye of Christ? The great test of your soul's health is what think you of Christ? Is he to you fairer than the children of men, their chief among ten thousand, the chief among ten thousand, excuse me, the altogether lovely? Wherever Christ is thus esteemed, all the faculties of the spiritual men exercise themselves with energy. I will judge of your piety by this barometer. Does Christ stand high or low with you? If you have thought little of Christ, if you have been content to live without his presence, if you have cared little for his honor, if you have been neglectful of his laws, then I know that your soul is sick. God grant that it may not be sick unto death. But if the first thought of your spirit has been, how can I honor Jesus? If the daily desire of your soul has been, oh, that I knew where I might find him, I tell you that you may have a thousand infirmities and even scarcely know whether you are a child of God at all. And yet I am persuaded beyond a doubt that you are safe, since Jesus is great in your esteem. I care not for thy rags, what thinkest thou of his royal apparel? I care not for thy wounds, though they bleed in torrents, what thinkest thou of his wounds? Are they like glittering rubies in thine esteem? I think none the less of thee, though thou liest like Lazarus, Lazarus on the dunghill, and the dogs do lick thee. I judge thee not by thy poverty. What thinkest thou of the king and his beauty? Has he glorious high 
I'm sorry, has he a glorious high throne in thy heart? Wouldst thou set him higher if thou, if thou couldst? Wouldst thou be willing to die if thou couldst, but add another trumpet to the strain which proclaims his praise? Ah, then it is well with thee. Whatever thou mayest think of thyself, if Christ be great to thee, thou shalt be with him ere long. Though all the world my choice deride, yet Jesus shall my portion be. For I am pleased with none beside, the fairest of the fair is he. All right. Well, like I said, we're going to continue on in the Gospel of John, John 16. And hang on a minute, I need a little coffee. All right, so John 16, and again, we're wrapping it up here. And we've been in this section called talking about the three cardinal virtues. And again, we've come through that part going from, from sorrow to joy and how important that was for them to understand that yes they're in sorrow now and again we've been ta we've been talking about it for months now uh, uh you know going through this upper room discourse which verse 33 tonight this is the last verse concludes the upper room discourse okay but we've seen throughout this that that they are in seriously bad shape that that things are just not good for them uh for the for the disciples um, that, that, that again, they've got a complete misunderstanding of what, who the Messiah is. Um, not that they don't understand that he's the son of God and he's their savior, but they're th still thinking of him in a temporal sense and in, in a worldly sense, an earthly sense, a fleshly sense, not in a spiritual sense. There, there's, there's some spiritual blindness there. L again, like we talked about, um, dealing with the man born blind, um, and, and how we saw not only did he get physical sight but he would gained spiritual sight as well so these guys these guys are not processing you know they haven't processed well and so they're struggling i mean they're seeing this guy that 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 they love truly and they truly do believe he's the son of god they see him struggling with the fact or, or they see that, that they are struggling with the fact that he's about to be murdered he's about to be killed by those who ought to be lauding him, who ought to be cheering him on, the religious elite. They're coming to the true realization that, that the faith they've believed in since their birth is false. And, and so that, that's got them stunned. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been three years of this. But again, and we, we've hashed through that. I don't want to really go into it any more than that. But then we came into the section about the cardinal Christian virtues, okay? Um, this was verses 25 through 33. And we looked at the love. We looked at that love. Um, These things I have spoken to you in figures of speech. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you openly of the Father. And it goes on and it speaks of the Father's love. It speaks of the Father's love and the Father's love because they first loved Jesus, because they love Jesus. Now, please don't, don't misunderstand that. I just really said that wrong. Um, don't get me wrong. We we love because he first loved us, and he loved us because he loved us. As as circular as that sound, he loved us because we he loved us, not not because we did anything to earn that love, but because these disciples and because you and I have been given, and I just said you and I, and it probably will, will upset my wife, but because we have been given a saving faith and thus we've come to love Jesus. We've come to have a true saving faith in Jesus. The father loves us. And then it goes on. And then we looked at this about the faith and we talked about this faith that these guys are starting to show a true saving faith. It won't come to its complete fruition 
until again, um, Pentecost and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit, but they're showing it, you know, behold, now you are speaking openly and are not using a figure of speech. That's verse 29 here. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. And Jesus acknowledged that. Do you now believe? Now, of course, he goes on to clarify the, for them, listen, time is coming. You're going to be scattered each to his own home and to leave me alone. But I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Again, we, we go on to see clearly they, they do have a true saving faith in God. They're showing it as much as it's possible without the, the Holy Spirit indwelling them. And again, that's coming as we get into the book of Acts. But, you know, and Jesus is proclaiming it, but he's clear with them as well. And, and we talked about it, and I, I've talked to you before about it. They're telling or he's telling them clearly, letting them know all the details of what's coming so that they will understand Jesus expected this. Jesus, even being the son of God, allowed this. So there's a purpose behind it. So they don't think that God's plan has fallen apart. Again, they are going to scatter again. And I've talked about it. I actually made the reference that they're going to scatter like drowned rats. And I don't mean that to be ugly. We, we would too, if were we there. But they do scatter and they're scared, but they're still gathering together. They still gather together. They're still continuing to worship. They're still trying to figure out what do we do because he left us a mission. They, he left us a mission to take care of. He left us a ministry that we have to carry out. So he's very clear about that. So again, we saw the love and the faith. But what we see this evening is the hope. And I'm going to go ahead and read verse 33 for you. So John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribula tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So again, Jesus, just like what I was saying, Jesus confirms here. I'm telling these you, you these things so that in me, in Jesus, in himself, you may have peace, that you may have peace because I've already let you know this is coming and I expect it to happen. It's okay that it happens. This is God's plan A. That I mean, that's one of the biggest things that, that we can tend to struggle with as believers. Hang on, need, a cup, need some coffee. But we, as believers, we can struggle with is when we see things that we look at and we go, wait a minute, that doesn't mean, why would, why would God allow that? Why is that going on? This doesn't seem like what should be happening. I mean, many, many people sit there, um, uh, one of the, and so I, I'm sorry, I'm about to out myself. Um, one of my guilty, guilty pleasures as a kid, um, and growing up as I used to love to listen to Jesus Christ superstar. Okay. Now, I'm sure a good part of it was because I'm going to get again, confess another thing. As I got older and I was a teenager, I was a metalhead. So there were parts of Jesus, the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack that were pretty heavy. So I'm sure that's probably what attracted me. But at the same time, but at the same time, when I look back on it now, and please, I, I'm not recommending it because the theology in it is whacked. <laughs> it's awful. Um, and I don't know that I realized it before I was saved, but, but um, the theology was awful. Um, and one of the things being is you, you've got Saul or I'm sorry, you, you've got, um, Judas Iscariot, um, who ends up being a main character in it, 
asking Jesus about, hey, do you ever think that maybe you should have tried this another way or whatever? You know, it's very much a questioning of why would you do this? It's one of his main songs talking about why would you do this this way? Why would you why would you try this this way with with these people and doing it this way and and being from Nazareth and all this? Are you sure you did it the right way? And he even comes to him as if, you know, he acknowledges that you're the son of God. But do you think you made a mistake? I mean, the, the, and I think he seriously asked that more than once in the song. And, and again, so, so like I said, I'm not recommending it. But what we have to understand and what, what Jesus is trying to make clear to these these guys and why he is so detailed about what he tells them. Believe me, Jesus makes very, very clear in his proclamations and in them being fulfilled and in them being fulfilled within weeks of him proclaiming them that he's a prophet, that he sees the future, that he, that he is a true prophet. He is truly from God. There's no way in their time. They knew that there's no way that he could have been this accurate and this detailed. This is a detail oriented, um, not even in figurative speech. It's a plain speech. He makes clear what's going to happen and they know it. They know it, that this is this plain speech, that these are the things that are going to happen. And it, it, it confirms for them. They believe this confirms that he is the son of God, that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the son of God. He is the Messiah. I think I just said that, but again, that he's their savior. And this confirms this. And this is what he's saying that here, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, in what I've told you, you may have peace. And again, I, we've talked before that we're not talking about the peace of the world where, you know, all the, all the bad things go away, all the things that drive us nuts go away and, and get pushed aside. And we have this nice, quiet, you know, Hey, just leave me alone. And believe me, I've, I've been one that just wanted all the garbage to go away. That's not the peace we're talking about. We're talking the true peace of having a right relationship with God. That's what we're talking about here. And that, and that's what he's talking about here. Jesus, you may have that peace because I've told you these things and you know, they're going to come true. Again, they said it themselves. Now, verse 30, now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. Again, they're acknowledging that and that's, he's confirming that these things I have spoken to you, verse 33, so that I'm, so that in me, you may have peace. But then he goes on to make clear in the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So again, he's clear. He has overcome the world. Um, let's go. I got some verses I want us to read. Uh, Luke 21, and we're going to read a lot. Verse 8 through 24. And he said, see to it that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. So he's speaking to the disciples here. And when you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified for these things must take place first, but the end does not follow immediately. Then he continued saying to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. 
It will result in an opportunity for your testimony. So set it in your hearts not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. By your perseverance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is at hand. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, and those who are in the midst of the city must leave, and those who are in the countryside must not enter the city, because these are days of vengeance, so that all things which are written will be fulfilled. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress upon the land and wrath against this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are full, are fulfilled. Now, please don't misunderstand that. Go back to verse 18. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. He's talking to the disciples. Again, we know that all of them but John were killed for their faith, were killed for proclaiming the word of God. That's not what this is talking, again, verse 19, by your perseverance you will gain your lives. Jesus is speaking of eternal life here. He's speaking of their eternal lives, that they cannot be taken from God. They cannot be taken from Christ. Their physical life can be taken, but their spiritual life, their eternal life, will not be taken. And that's what he's speaking of there. But again, he makes clear there's going to be trials and tribulations and that's okay because it will result in an opportunity for your testimony. Verse 13. So that's what he's talking about, that you're going to have tribulation, but take courage. I've overcome the world. We see that in the verses we've seen. Um, Acts 4 verses 8 through 13. This is Peter before the Sanhedrin. Okay. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being examined today for a good deed done to a sick man, they had healed somebody. As to how this man had, has been saved from his sickness, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is no salvation, in, and I'm sorry, and there is salvation in no one else. But there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and comprehended the, that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Um, again, and they go on to command them not to speak. And they do it anyways. They go on and do it anyways. I mean, at one point, they've and I don't remember if it's before this or after this, they get beaten for it, but they continue to speak the word. Again, that is that hope. And again, we've talked about the hope. The hope is not a hope like, um, and I've actually said this recently, the hope is not a hope that I hope I win the lottery or I hope my battery doesn't die in my car. This is the hope that comes from knowing your Savior is Jesus Christ. And knowing that he has paid the price for your sins. That's what he's talking about here. We even see Paul speak of it. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is what Jesus is say, saying here. But take courage, I have overcome the world. Paul is laying that out here. The disciples, we, we saw, saw that in Acts. We see Jesus proclaiming this that in, in Luke 21, that they must, they must have that hope. That is what a Christian proclaims. I, the, the fact is, and, and, and I, I'll have to be honest, I've been that person before. We are not to be Eeyore. And yes, I just dated myself. We are not to be Eeyore moping around. Oh, me. If you don't know who Eeyore, Eeyore is, it's from Winnie the Pooh. And Eeyore is, is a donkey that always loses his tail and has to be stuck back on. But Eeyore is always mopey and always sad. That is his primary characteristic. That is not what we are to be. We are to manifest a love for our brothers and sisters in Christ and for God and for Jesus. We are to manifest a full saving faith, no matter how bad it gets. And we are to manifest that hope in the knowledge that we have been saved in a knowledge that we have been saved. And that's what he's saying here. These things I've spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace and and the confidence that they should gain from it. Again, we can look at this and in an intellectual manner go, okay, yeah, he, like I've been saying to you, he's proclaimed these things and he proclaimed them so that when they occurred and they were going to occur quickly within the next 40, 50 days, that, that they would know for sure that he is the Christ, the son of God. They would have true physical confirmation of what they believed. And that's great, you know? But it should also, it should also, we, we have a tendency to forget and not realize that should also strengthen our faith. That sh that should give us a clearer hope because you and I are sitting here further down the line in the story, looking back, going, we've got documentation here of him doing this, of this happening. We have documentation of this happening. Again, we, we saw very clearly, um, Early on, we see very clearly as we go through the Gospels, we see these things being said. We see these things being done um, and we see them happening and these prophecies that Jesus makes being fulfilled perfectly, 100%. That should give us a stronger faith than any. I mean, we, we have the proof. I mean, that's the thing. We can sit there and go... Well, you know, he said it and yeah, I want to believe it. Now, yeah, it makes me feel good. Okay. Yeah, I'll go along with that. No, I, we know. I, I mean, that's why I don't ever, um, and, and this is me, I'm not putting anybody else down, but when some of the documentaries come on and it's about, you know, oh, archeological proof of this biblical thing that was stated, yada, yada. I, I, I'm not that interested in seeing it. And again, I'm not putting anybody down that likes to see that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love archaeology. I think it's really, really cool. Um, and sometimes I wish, though though I love what I do now, um, I wish I'd gone into the field because I find it so, so interesting looking back in history and being able to do the, the archaeological research. But when it comes to trying to archaeologically prove what's in the Bible, I don't care because I believe. Because my Savior proclaimed exactly what was going to happen when he was here as God incarnate. And it did. 
and he manifested that love for me. And, and thus that proves that he manifested that love for me. And then he took my sin upon himself and climbed up on that cross and took the punishment for my sins. That's all I need to know. And that should manifest in me the love, the faith, and the hope of these cardinal Christian virtues we've been talking about. All right. Well, that's going to finish our study in John chapter 16. Like I said, God willing, we'll pick up Monday, Monday in the evening segment and John 17 in the high priestly prayer. Um, I hope you have yourself a wonderful night. Um, like I've said before, I hope you have yourself a great weekend. Again, I'm, I'm so, so sorry that this is so late coming out, but I do hope you join me for the morning segment. Let's go ahead and close out with prayer. We're going to close out with the six day evening prayer. It's called the mediator. Let's pray. O God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we hope in thy word. There we see thee, not on a fearful throne of judgment, but on a throne of grace, waiting to be gracious and exalted in mercy. There we hear thee saying, Not depart ye cursed, but look unto me, and be ye saved. For I am God, and there is none else. They that know thy name put their trust in thee. How many now glorified in heaven, and what numbers living on earth are thy witnesses, O God, exemplifying in their recovery from the ruins of the fall, the freeness, riches, and efficacy of thy grace. All that were ever saved were saved by thee, and will through eternity exclaim, Not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and truth's sake. Thou hast chosen to transact all thy concerns with us through a mediator, in whom all fullness dwells, and who is ex exalted to be prince and savior. To him we look, on him we depend, through him we are justified. May we derive relief from his sufferings, without ceasing to abhor sin, or to long after holiness. Feel the double efficacy of his blood, tranquilizing and cleansing our consciences. Delight in his service as well as in his sacrifice. Be constrained by his love, to live not to ourselves but to him. Cherish a grateful and cheerful disposition, not murmuring and repining if our wishes are not indulged, or because some trials are blended with our enjoyments, but sensible of our desert, and impressed with the number and greatness of thy benefits. May we bless and praise thee at all times. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have yourself a great evening, and I hope to see you for the Saturday morning episode. Have a good night. God bless. Music